Welcome to this edition of Table Scraps, an internet production of Table Talk Radio. For this edition of Table Scraps, we're going to be talking about Mormonism. Uh, who are they, what do they believe, and why are they knocking at my door? For this discussion on Mormonism, we have Pastor Gerald Paul. He's a pastor of Christ Our Savior Lutheran Church in Star Valley, Wyoming. and He's a Ph.D. student at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, uh, we're kind of dissertation on the Mormons' view of atonement. Welcome, Pastor Paul. Yes, good morning. Hi. Uh, now, tell Thank us. Thank you for having me. Th- thanks for being on the program. Now, tell us where Mormonism gets its start historically. Historically, uh, it was started by Joseph Smith um, around 1830 uh, in Upper New York or um, uh, Western Pennsylvania. Um, yeah where he claimed to have found uh, plates uh, with the Mormon gospel and, or the Book of Mormon on it. Um, and that's kind of how it started. Uh, people started following him. Now, uh, is there any historical veracity to the claim of, of golden plates? Has anybody, anybody else seen these plates? Uh, how does that play out as far as uh, uh, history is concerned? When you talk to Mormons, they claim this archaeological um, uh, proof of it, but uh, there is no no proof. Uh, the Smithsonian uh, clearly writes that there is no archaeological proof of that at all. Um, they claim the existence of Native American tribes and, and some archaeological findings in, in Central and South America prove it, but um, that's what they teach. It's never been proven. Um, because uh, Joseph Smith, they teach, was was um, called by God to be a prophet, um, the plates were shown only to him, and then were taken away again. Uh, now, you mentioned this all happened in upstate New York. Why then is uh, you know Mormon country kind of always considered to be around uh, Utah and uh, in that area? Well. Things were getting pretty hot for them out there. Um, then they left, and, and uh, Joseph Smith claimed to, to have had a vision from God that the promised land or where paradise was created by God was in Jackson County, Missouri. And on the way there um, to the promised land, uh, they stayed a while in Illinois, and that's where he was mor- murdered, and and um, some he, most of his followers groups, but the biggest group followed uh, Brigham Young, uh, the new leader or the new prophet, and um, they followed him blindly to to a new promised land, and and when they um, got to the Salt Lake uh, Valley, and that's where they settled, that's where they claimed that the new promised land was. And the, the rest of the groupings uh, formed a reorganized uh, LDS church under Joseph Smith III, and settled in, in, in Jackson County, Missouri, uh, now modern-day Independence, Missouri. What is the source for truth in Mormonism? 
your feelings, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, at age eight, you are baptized uh, under immersion, um, and um, your family that have attained uh, the priesthood lay the hands on you uh, for the gift of the Holy Ghost. And uh, the Holy Ghost for them is, is uh, your companion lifelong, and and he guides your feelings, so to speak. And and so truth is completely subjective. Uh, you have to feel it to be true. Uh, they don't have, they don't rely on on objective truth. Uh, should a uh, someone point out to a Mormon that uh, the positions of the Mormon Church have often changed, uh, and in other cases. Uh, contradict themselves, how would a Mormon respond? Uh, they see it as completely natural. Um, you know, if you point that out, you know, do it lovingly, uh, because they are taught that Christians are out to bash them, and and um, they quickly uh, are very defensive and uh, against Mormon bashing. But, you know, what we consider completely contradictory and inconsistencies um, they have no problem with. It's just part of life that God changes his mind. Um, so, you know, we humans change our mind too. So God was a human before he became God. So it's, it's completely natural. Uh, take us to the beginning of time in Mormon theology. Uh, describe uh, what someone would hear if they're in the Mormon church, uh, of what they teach considering how um, all of this life got its start. Yeah, they believe God created everything, um, but before that, God was a man. Um, they, you know, they. If you ask them, but where did God then come from? Um, you know, they just shrug their shoulders, and you know, they they don't think about that. They don't are not concerned about that. So God, when He became God, uh, created this world, and and uh, the thing is with Mormonism, they. You know, they believe in pre-existence, which means um, God has a wife, the um, Mother God, um, and God, Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother produce spirit children continually. And um, the spirit children needed, um, because of the fall of Adam, you know, how they get, uh, you know, egg and chicken, What what is first, uh, you know, they, they don't care about that. But because of the fall of Adam, um, uh, spirit children needed salvation, and uh, the fall of Adam is also seen as very positive in the Mormon Church. It gives um, spirit children the the opportunity to become human, and by becoming human, um, you can work yourselves to perfection. You can show to God that you are worthy, and um, work yourself to perfection, and perfection means uh, eventually becoming a god. Uh, so they see the fall of Adam in a negative and a positive um, light. You, you mentioned uh, becoming a god. How is it that uh, uh, women are entered into this afterlife? Uh, do women also become gods? Uh, they do by, by the mere fact that they are married to a man. Um, and their marriage is is eternalized in the temple. That's the only way women can become God. Um, 
and their function then in the afterlife is to produce spirit children in the, in the world that they will receive eventually. So uh, single women and uh, women that are not have not eternalized their marriage to a man in the temple will be eternally single. Um, they will be you know, very good Mormons that are not married will uh, enter celestial heaven, uh, the top of the three heavens that they teach of, but they will be ministering servants to Heavenly Father. They won't become a God themselves with their own worlds. That's that's what their view is. You mentioned the, th- the three heavens. Talk more about that. What are the three levels of heaven? Um, it's, it's three distinct heavens uh, that they teach. The celestial, the terrestrial, and the telestial heaven. Uh, the celestial heaven is where all the, the faithful moments go that are temple-worthy and and have shown in this life and the afterlife, to, uh, you know, the, the life um, uh, between when they die and when Jesus returns. Uh, they live in, in, in paradise, and they continue to work towards perfection. It's not, not only in this life that you work towards perfection, but in the afterlife, too. And... Uh, if you are worthy enough, then you go to the celestial heaven when you have done enough works. Um, the terrestrial heaven is where um, nominal Mormons go and very good Christians. Um, so if you belong to a Mormon church but ne- never attend their whatever their meetings or anything, you, you go there and very good, moral, morally good Christians go to um, go to the terrestrial heaven. And then the lowest uh, heaven is the telestial heaven. That's where everybody else goes. They don't believe in hell. Um, they only believe in, in outer darkness. In outer darkness is where Satan and his demons are um, and where the apostate Mormons are, those who, who accepted Mormonism and left Mormonism. Um, so only those who left Mormonism will go to, go to outer darkness. And it's, you know, it's just a nothingness. It's it's no suffering or anything like that. It's just, for them, hell is the inability to progress, to progress to perfection. And that's that's um, what they see as hell or suffering. What uh, is meant, I think maybe part of the confusion that goes on between uh, Christians and Mormons is um, the similar use of, of words and language, though different meanings. Um, describe yeah. what is meant um, by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You mentioned Father. Uh, the Father was uh, a man. Um, uh-huh. And then is there a distinction between Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost in, in Mormonism? Yeah. What, what is the yeah, distinction? They, they... Yeah, it is very confusing because when Christians talk to Mormons, their Mormon neighbors, in, in with good intentions and things like that, um, Mormons say, "Oh, I believe in Jesus, and I believe this is my Savior," and and they use many of the, the theological, theological or biblical terms that we are familiar with, but um, their context and and they put them into quite different contexts. Yeah, they use Father. Well, Heavenly Father, especially, that's what, who God is, their God, and Jesus, um, and Holy Ghost. Um, to make a distinction between Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost, or they, they don't really mention Holy Spirit, but Spirit as such, um, just an energy of, of a Godhead or whatever. But Holy Ghost, 
um, use all three of them, but they do not believe in, in the Holy Trinity. Um, Father, Heavenly Father was a man and became God because he was so good. Jesus became, was a spirit, is a spirit child of God um, before he became man. And because Jesus was so good already, you know, because you can uh, progress um, towards perfection already before you become human as a spirit child of God. And Jesus was so good already as a spirit child, uh, God uh, granted him Godhood, and then he became human. That's um, and that's how they try to 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 coordinate their teachings with biblical teaching, and uh, <clears throat> and the Holy Ghost is not a, a personal God or a, a pers- personhood being, or um, it's just um, yeah, it's, it's extremely hard to explain. Is um, uh, on some scripture, some of their writings, they say he is he can only can only be in one place at a time. And then in other places, say they say, you know, he is uh, every uh, Mormon's companion, lifelong companion. So every person that is baptized receives the Holy the Holy Ghost, and he's kind of your your leads your your thinking, and and you pray for um, to feel his his guiding uh, guidance for knowing the truth, what is true and what is not. Um, but yeah. That's and and being Jesus being their savior um, is uh, what they mean with that is uh, Jesus uh, has given them God's plan of salvation and God's plan of salvation that Jesus uh, gives them is is you have to show that you are worthy um, uh, of God's recognition um, uh, eventually so. Um, and you know you, you can continue with quite a few um, theological concepts that they they have given different definitions to now. You you mentioned they have a they have a you know concept of heavenly Father, Son, and and you know Holy Holy Ghost. Uh, but if you were to ask yeah. if you if you were to ask them outright, uh, do you believe in the Trinity? How would a Mormon respond? Uh, they would absolutely reject it. Okay. Um, and they would try to prove logically that it's impossible. Um, so that's um, the thing is with with Mormonism um, or with, with talk to Mormons or Mormon missions, it's um, it might be easy for us or for Christians to to argue and to win an argument. Um, but the problem is they they might get disgusted in you or. Even worse, discussed in 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 uh, religion as such, and and you won't have an an opening um, to witness the gospel to them, and to uh, to bring Christ to them, Christ to crucify to them. Um, so, you know, it's always a uh, temptation to to show that they are wrong, um, but the problem is, see, you 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 push them away rather than win them over for, for further discussions and, and for the opportunity to, to bring the gospel of Christ to them. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard temptation, but um, uh, we pray for patience and, and uh, to, to, to kind of draw them to the biblical truth and, and away from uh, what they are taught and, and from their uh, scriptures and their uh, prophetic uh, utterances. 
How would a Mormon articulate that he is saved, and what role does Jesus play in that salvation? He would know that um, uh, he felt, you know, what would they call it specifically, the burning in the bosom, uh, the feeling you have that uh, the Book of Mormon is true, and they belong to a, a true church. Now, if you if you you know continue in discussion with them, they um, they try to portray themselves as Christians, um, but when you scratch a little bit deeper than the surface, you realize that they believe that, that they are the true Christians, and and uh, the rest of Christianity is is you know um, false church. And um, the role of Jesus, which he plays in in, in Mormonism, is is once uh, one thing is he gave the plan of salvation. Another is um, uh, he made it possible uh, through his resurrection for all human beings to be raised from the dead, uh, and not to not towards salvation, but to continue in the progression, to continue in the afterlife, uh, to be um, to work themselves towards perfection. Um, they also see Jesus as creditor, which means um, humanity has has um, uh, has a debt against Heavenly Father because of uh, the fall of Adam, and you know it, it takes time to pay off this debt or whatever, call it a mortgage or whatever. And um, but when Jesus came, he told Heavenly Father that he would pay humanity's debt. You know we kind of can agree with that. Um, but when he did, not on the cross, but through his suffering uh, in Gethsemane, and for them the cross is purely a, a means of execution. Uh, they hate crosses, and you know they try and avoid them. It's a it's it's a means of death. You know it shows death. You know so they try and avoid crosses at all. Um, but you know um, then when Jesus has paid Heavenly Father uh, humanity's debt. Jesus turns around to human humanity and says, "Now you owe me." It's now instead of having to pay through our works, Heavenly Father, we have to pay Jesus um, because you know he, He's God. Um, the biggest role that Jesus plays in a moment's life is is the example. Uh, um, they um, lay much emphasis on becoming like Jesus. Uh, his life. It's much more important to them. His example that he lived, his humility, um, his love, um, is, is a much greater, of much greater importance to a Mormon than than his his suffering and death. They do celebrate uh, uh, Easter, but no Good Friday, um, no Holy Week, no Lent, nothing like that. But um, Easter Sunday is just like any other normal Sunday that they have, and. Um, but Easter is is a family celebration with you know Easter bunnies and eggs and things like that. Um, but they do credit the resurrection to him. So, do Mormons use the language of atonement? And are they simply just if they do, are they simply just referring to this um, in Garden of Gethsemane of, of Jesus paying the debt that is owed to the Heavenly Father? You know, that's that's mostly uh, that's you know in broad terms uh, speaking that. That's what they see as the atonement. Um, but Jesus gave him the ability to rise from the dead and continue the progression. 
So con- contrast so, that then to the Christian view of the doctrine of atonement. Yeah, they, um, quite a few of their writings uh, of of the the prophets, um, it clearly states that anyone who believes in free grace, that you are saved by grace through faith alone, uh, is a pagan. Is that's what Satan teaches. Um, and that's what we believe, clearly according to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 10, um, and other parts, you know, in Romans, uh, Romans 6, you know, you're dead in trespasses and, and are saved by grace through faith. Um, Romans 3, also Romans 6, um, that ties into the death of Christ, raised um, into life in him uh, for his resurrection. Um, they ignore all these uh, scripture texts. Um, because um, for a true Mormon, uh, Scripture is corrupted, corrupted uh, the Bible. They take it as Scripture, as God-inspired, but corrupted by the early Church. So it cannot be trusted. The only thing that can be trusted is the Book of Mormon and the other uh, the, you know, Pearl of Great Price and, and the Doctrines and the Covenants. But the mostly, um, you know, because the newer doctrines are that, that um, God has revealed to to or through the prophets, the living prophets, uh, contradicts uh, scriptures. So the only thing you can trust is the living prophet, the president of the church, um, and they just follow him, uh, whatever he says and does, and they follow um, the, the uh, curriculum that the that the church puts out every year that they have to follow uh, during the, their church year. So it's completely different. Um, they are saved by works. Uh, we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Faith for them is, is purely knowing that their plan of salvation is the correct one. That's what they call faith. Uh, what what role does the temple play for Mormonism? Um, what what What's the purpose of the temple for, for Mormonism? Okay. Um yeah, it's not for worship services or anything in, anything like that. It plays a central part in that um, uh, young men uh, have to, when they um, are temporary, they attain the uh, Melchizedek priesthood. And, um, and that, that ritual is done in the temple itself. That's one ritual. Another one is, is uh, the eternalizing of marriage, where... Um, people get married, you know, uh, civilly or uh, have uh, celebrations in their local state houses and places like that. But in order to et- eternalize that marriage, in order to for another step towards godhood, you have to eternalize your marriage in the temple. That's done in the temple. And the third uh, function there is is the baptism for the dead, uh, which where um, you can baptize, let yourself be baptized for your dead relatives. That um, that's why they they are so strong in in uh, genealogy. They search uh, in the, their family histories to find people that weren't Mormon, um, and they, they get their names, and then you can baptize yourself uh, in their name so that their uh, soul uh, gets out of um, spirit prison in the afterlife and goes into paradise. And, you know, that's, those are mainly the functions of, of uh, the temple. And a Mormon, um, a good Mormon, always strives to be temple-worthy. 
which means he stays away. He stays, tries to stay stay faithful to um, uh, the gospel principles. Uh, this, you know, their laws that they need to follow. Uh, the biggest one of these, this is um, be morally good and don't drink uh, caffeinated drinks and things like that, and don't drink liquor and things like that. And then you go to your, your bishop and you for an interview, and and uh, when he approves that, you go to the, the state presidency, uh, and and they give you um, uh, a card. It looks like a driver's license that gives you entrance uh, to the temple. Uh, for that's valid for one year. Hmm. So every every year you have to to go through this interview to show that you are temple worthy, and then you go through this um, um, the process to go there. And then as a young man, um, the, the temple endowment uh, ceremony for, for young men that enter the priesthood um, is it's a elaborate, apparently a very elaborate uh, ceremony where. You learn different handshakes. You learn different uh, secret handshakes and words uh, that you need to 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 know, because they believe when you enter heaven or when you enter the afterlife, you have to know these secret handshakes to go past all these angels that that uh, guard uh, heaven and and to finally to come to heavenly Father. So that's what they do there, and yeah. And the baptism uh, for the dead, especially, uh, which most people uh, try to do to be faithful uh, as a moment. How does the um, reorganized Church of Latter-day Saints differ from the Mormon Church? It was always seen as a little bit uh, more liberal. Um, interesting. It was past week. Um, but the local NBC station is owned by the, the LDS Church uh, in Salt Lake, and and they always have programs about the history of the LDS Church, and and they had a program about how bad the reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is because they are so liberal, and they left the the true doctrine or the, the Orthodox Church. You know, I've just found it very ironic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, they whereas the the mainline Mormon Church, only the men can attain priesthood um, um, for quite a while yet already. Uh, men and women could attain the priesthood um, in, in the reorganized uh, LDS Church. And um, I think it was 2006, they officially accepted the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, so I don't think they are Christian yet, but, but they are moving closer and closer to uh, you know, uh, they also try to become mainline a mainline Christian church, um, and they they uh, much more informal uh, uh, than uh, the mainline uh, LDS church. How would you respond to someone who says, "You, know, you guys are are criticizing um, the the Mormons on the radio"? However. Um, I see them all around. Uh, they're they're constantly doing good works in my community. How can you argue with that? How do you respond with that, Pastor? Uh, it's it's hard to argue against uh, civil righteousness, uh, the righteousness that people show in their lives. Um, but that does doesn't make them Christian. That does not make them better persons. Uh, the only way we are acceptable to God is through faith in Jesus Christ and, and, and completely trusting in Him. So yeah, it's 
you can show to uh, to uh, to non-believers that live a very morally good life and things like that. Um, we cannot judge people by the outward actions. Uh, you could, you know, explain that you know they have to do this. Um, that's part of their laws, their, pro- uh, their, their way, you know, progression from from uh, their morality into post-morality in towards uh, becoming a god, and uh, they have to do that. Um, you know, it, it, they, they do give a, a good example, but it's not always an example that we need to follow. Um, but the reality is, you know, um, they, they portray a good family life, they, good, they portray a good moral life, um, in order to try and draw people that are struggling morally, that are struggling with with teenagers and their families that are, that you know don't behave or whatever have, have adolescent problems. Um, uh, the Mormons portray this peaceful, concentrated family life, um, dedicated family, dedicated parents and children, and everything like that. Um, but when you live amongst them, it's you know where they are the majority. That's not always the case, and uh, statistically in the, in the country, uh, Utah, and where we live here in Western Wyoming, uh, have the highest percentage of uh, child and, and family abuse, and that starkly contradicts um, what they try and, and uh, um, portray, because they get away with it because um, men and women have different roles in life and different value. What advice do you give, or, or what do you tell the the people in your your own congregation to do when there's um, a couple Mormon missionaries uh, knocking on the front door? Yeah, well, invite them in. Um, it's an opportunity to witness the gospel to them. Um, they, yeah, um, be prepared. That's the biggest thing. Be prepared because uh, the only way to be prepared is is know what kind of questions they. Um, they will be asking and, and things that, that they will suggest uh, because um, they follow a strict rule of mission work and that is uh, produced by um, the church in Salt Lake City and can be ordered online and you know exactly what they will ask and what they will talk about. So it's it's kind of easy to prepare. Um, the, the biggest warning I would give, don't try and argue with them because you, you might win the argument, but you would lose them. They won't come back in order so that you can um, uh, witness to them. And what they will focus on is, is the Book of Mormon, and, and the few first questions they would be is, how do you feel about uh, Joseph Smith um, after they have given a, uh, their view of, of his history and things like that? And that's how they're, um, they're you know, as I said at, at, the, at the beginning, they're... Um, uh, gauge of truth and 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 um, and reality is is by how you feel about that, because they are in doubt with the Holy Ghost. They say, or or with um, they believe that every human is born with a human agency, uh, which can uh, absolutely decide between good and bad. So you have that gift, and uh, if you feel good about Joseph Smith, they 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 believe you know they can continue, and you are a prospect, and you can. Um, they can continue with, with their work uh, with you and, and witness the Mormon gospel. Um, I would, I also encourage people to 
to draw draw the conversation to the Bible, draw the conversation to where they touch on biblical texts, uh, which they try and and uh, uh, convince you that they are Christian. So and concentrate on those because they gloss over them, especially over forgiveness. Um, they have no real concept of forgiveness. And if they gloss over it, draw their attention back to forgiveness and talk, what, what does it mean? And what does it mean to you? And um, Christ has done the centrality of Christ. And um, when they talk about perfection uh, or attaining perfection or, or trying to attain perfection, uh, they would mention Matthew 5.48, which Jesus says, um, you uh, have to be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect. Um, and then you can go in. Uh, that's an entry into what they teach about perfection or about becoming perfect and point out that the word there is be, present tense, not uh, becoming eventually. It's be now. And then, you know, you can continue the, um, the conversation that, you know, only by grace through faith in Christ, we are declared to be perfect in the sight of God. And, and uh, the thing is, um, for them, the, the, uh, the concept of Christian freedom that we are free by Christ is very frightening, because they 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 are, are living in, in such under such pressure, under such um, demands of the law that they have to keep. Um, you know, um, they might shy away from the you know the, the freedom that the gospel uh, gives us. But um, well, we trust in, in the Word of God because it is the power of God and to change people's hearts and uh, um, bring faith to them and. So the only thing we can do is bring them uh, the Word of God. We've been talking to Pastor Gerald Paul. He's pastor of Christ Our Savior Lutheran Church in Star Valley, Wyoming. He's a Ph.D. student at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Pastor Paul, thank you so much for your time on Table Talk Radio. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. I hope it was helpful. And, uh, yeah, if anybody has questions, feel free to come in contact with me. All right, and we can uh, uh, get uh, get listeners in touch with Pastor Paul through our website at tabletalkradio.org. Thanks again for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio.